Welcome to Food Chat, a weekly show that's all about food production, including farming, ranching, processing, and basically all things involved in getting food from the field to your plate. Now, let's get you reconnected to your food, and here are your hosts, Greg Bloom and Chef Jackson Lamb. Talk about an uphill battle, 2,000 acres of beans and cattle. But he don't ever get rattled, he just goes till the sun goes down. Welcome to Food Chat here at 560 KLZ Radio. Your host, Jackson Lamb, that's me, and Greg Bloom. We're here to talk about everything food. Today, we're talking about a couple of different cooking methods, and we want to introduce you to the whole concept of sous vide. Yeah, I know it sounds like a weird word, but it's French, and it really means under vacuum. No, not that vacuum in the living room. What we're going to do is we're going to take food product and we're going to vacuum seal them in a bag and we're going to heat them up in a warm environment. Kind of a strange process. We're going to walk you through it uh, all through the show today. Hey, let's uh, bring Greg into the studio. Greg, welcome. Thank you. You know, I didn't know about sous vide cooking until I'd started selling some restaurant chefs probably 20 years ago. And I'm in there dragging the bag, taking meat samples in. And I say, chef, here's your your sample of whatever. Uh, How are you going to cook it? I'd like to watch. And uh, one chef said, uh, I'm going to sous vide it. I said, what's that? He took me over and showed me the whole method. And today, most people don't know this, but so much of the food they eat, the meat they eat at a restaurant is sous vide cooked in the back, but they have no idea. Yeah. It's a great method. Why is it such a great method? Why do you think it's such a popular method in the restaurant world? Well, it's, it's foolproof. And not only is it a great method in the restaurant world, I used it at home over the weekend. You know, when you want to have, let's go backwards just for a second. You know, I'd like to think that every guy out there is a master of the grill. But the truth is, no, we are not. Mm -hmm. And so I have probably overcooked more steaks than I'm willing to admit. Me too. So as a result, when sous vide came on the scene, yeah, everybody said, what the heck is this? Cooking in water? No, 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 no. I'm a grill guy. Well, as I explained earlier, in fact, let me just walk you through what I did on, um, on Sunday morning. I had purchased a really nice tenderloin probably 10 days earlier and just parked it in the refrigerator. I didn't open up the bag it came in, so I am wet aging right. my tenderloin. Right. Okay? So... Uh, okay, I'm ready to start butchering or fabricating that. So I bring that into the kitchen. I open the bag up, and uh, again, I I don't want to rinse it because there's some great flavor in there. So I'm just going to pat it dry with a paper towel. Right. And if you've never tried to tackle a whole tenderloin, there's a lot to tackle in there. There's a lot of fat. There's a lot of uh, what we call silver skin. Mm-hmm. Boy, if you miss that, that can be used as dental floss. On the side. It's very, very tough. But that's all designed to protect the muscle and to protect the animal. And once we cut all of that away, I'm dealing with the tenderloin. It's already the most tender piece of meat on the cow. Mm -hmm. Well, the last thing I want to do at $12.97 a pound is to put it on the grill and have it come out well done. Right. Enter sous vide. 
All right. The French started this, and it's really an old school method, but mm-hmm. I think that American chefs started to look at it like, wait a minute, this is kind of foolproof. So, you know, when we look at meat temperatures, okay, let's start at the high end. When we're talking about a well done piece of beef, probably talking about 165 degrees, right. maybe 175. Right. If we're going to come down to medium well, 165. We get to uh, 155, we're at medium. We get down to 145, we're at medium rare. We get down to 135, and we're just getting out of the raw stage into rare. It's a great temperature. Mm-hmm. My little sous vide machine at home, and I'll describe what, how these work later on. I can custom dial that to any temperature I want. And so I dialed it into 135.5 degrees, Mm -hmm. okay? And then this unit fits over an eight-quart sauce pot that I have in the kitchen. Got it. I'm going to fill that full of water. It's going to heat that water to 135 degrees. Meanwhile... I have to butcher my steaks. So I like to make them about one inch thick, okay? We wanted to have them heavy. Mm-hmm. Cut, 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 cut. I would season the steak, salt and pepper and a little garlic on, on both sides. I would put two steaks in one small freezer quality Ziploc bag, okay? I go with the quart size, okay. all right? Here's where it gets tricky. This is where we want to introduce the Archimedes effect. What is that? I can't tell you. No, it's uh, Archimedes. Of course, that's back in the days of Plato and uh, back in the old philosopher days. Mm -hmm. That's a technique where you take this bag and you submerge it in water and the pressure of the water forces all the air out of the bag. And that's the veed part under vacuum. You're creating a vacuum where there's nothing in that bag but the meat. There's no air, nothing else. And then you seal that up. The amazing thing is it stays sealed. Right. And so all of a sudden I look at my counter and I've got these, I've got three bags of steaks that look like they went through a seal a meal mm-hmm. machine. Mm-hmm. Now I don't have the seal a meal machine, but that's, a, that's the ideal alternative. You know, for our listeners that do have one of those seal and meal machines, you know, you put your two steaks in there, it automatically sucks out the, all of the air without the water method, the Archimedes effect, if you will. Right. So I take those steaks and I can put them into 135 degree water. And uh, I mentioned this in another show, leave them in there for about an hour. Okay. Or now, two. Because they're thin steaks. They're or not, four. It's not a huge roast. Or right? six. Or you could forget about it and look at it in I, a 24 hours later because you forgot about it. I can't <laughs> overcook them. They're only at 135 degrees. Right. So whether I go one hour or five hours, when I take them out, I don't have that dark brown crust that I normally would have off the grill. But if I cut into that, it's a perfect rare. Right. So then what we do is... Take those out of the bag, pat them dry. We've lost some weight here. We've lost uh, some weight because of what we call purge. Right. Okay. Yeah. So you know maybe my twelve, my sixteen ounce steak is now maybe at uh, twelve ounces. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, that's okay. Anyway, I get a nice uh, saute pan, really smoking hot, and uh, two steaks at a time. Don't overload that pan. But if the pan is hot to start with, three minutes on one side, three minutes on the other. 
I don't need to cook the steaks. They're already cooked. I'm just trying to make them look pretty. Right. And remember this, Greg. Only one side has to look pretty. Right. You know? Yeah, the top side. Uh, the top side. And you decide which side that is. Right. Very <laughs> so, few people look underneath the bottom of a don't stick. Don't look they underneath. Just, just no, it's, dive right in. That's right. So anyway, um, that's how we served dinner on a Sunday night. And everything looked absolutely perfect. But when it really came to the point of serving... You know, in fact, the steaks were room temperature when I pan-seared them. So I'm not outside, in the cold, on the grill, flipping steaks, checking the temperature. I'm inside and enjoying the party. Now, just some play-by-play um, comments for each of the steps that you mentioned. In your, the first thing is, if they do have that sealing machine, great. If you have one, you can use it for all kinds of other things to keep food preserved so your food doesn't go bad in your refrigerator. But if you don't have the seal machine that vacuum seals the bag you can use the is it the arca what's the arca what method archimedes uh archimedes archimedes method where you just submerge the bag and you can do this with your hands and it's pushing the air out the top yeah and then i just clip the i get the meat all the way down and then i clip with a clothespin or a metal clip and if the bag wants to float because there's air in it or the meats whatever i put a heavy knife at the bottom of the bag the other thing about the the sous vide message, which is awesome, is that you can infuse flavors because it's cooking in its own natural juice. You can put in a rosemary, any kind of herbs from your garden, all kinds of great things. And it's great for lower quality cuts of meat. Like maybe you got some grass-fed meat that's delicious, but it's not as tender as you'd like. Or you got some other tough meat. Well, if you sous vide cook it, it breaks down better if you cook it for 12, 14, 15. Have you ever noticed that before? Oh, absolutely. What, really, what we're trying to do is from a, uh, again, we come back to food science. We're trying to break down the collagens or the, the fibers in the muscles. Now, as far as the apparatus itself, Chef uh, Jackson, you know, the sous vide sticks you can buy off Walmart's website, Amazon's, where I got mine off Amazon. I also have a sous vide cooker, designated cooker that was very expensive, but people can just buy for less than $100 a sous vide stick that just agitates the water, heats it. They can control it from uh, their phone, their cell phone. They can set it to 135. Forget about it. It's great. You can put that in and it clips to any container, any kind of pot, a cooler. If you're doing a brisket, I just use a whole cooler. Yeah. Just to, you know, It's only going to get to 135, 140, so it doesn't have to. And then as far as the bags go, you, know, you mentioned that um, you use a freezer bag. That's because that film is thicker in a freezer bag than a normal one so as long as it's a thick bag it doesn't really matter if it's a sous vide bag but you've even used the original bag the meat comes in before haven't you well i wanted to inject the word cryovac into the conversation right because that's really what we use on the commercial side um great case in point there are so many cuts of meat that are available today it's one steak, it's one piece of meat, it's a, it's a flat iron steak, it is a skirt steak, and it's one piece of meat in plastic in your meat uh, department right. at your local supermarket. Yep. I have taken that in the original. Hey, think about it. It's got to be food-grade plastic if, 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 uh, if meat is inside of it. I just take that whole package and throw it in the, in the warm water and forget about it for two hours comes out perfect every I, time. Years ago, I checked with the manufacturer of those bags. Uh, the, the, the company, Krauvac is a, a company. I called them and I asked them, uh, can I 
sous vide cook this in that bag? Absolutely. And then I called another company called Flavor Seal. Can I, can I, and I asked them the same question. Absolutely. Um, you can just use that. Now, the bad part about that is that you couldn't open the bag. Like, let's say you buy a, a prime rib roast or a brisket. Right. And you don't have any bags that big, so you don't want to you know, open that bag and infuse flavors in there, or seasonings or spices, because then you've compromised the integrity of the seal. So you have to do the flavoring later, like when you saute it in the in the pan later, right? You that is correct. Yeah, that's the only bad side about that well, method. Yeah, and, you know, uh, while seasoning uh, ahead of time will help draw those spices into the meat, seasoning at the end is just as effective. I want to ask you just one more question about sous vide cooking, and then we'll uh, switch over to Instapot and other ways to cook meat in your kitchen for uh, the winter time. But as far as sous vide, one of the drawbacks is you can't infuse maximum umami flavor with sous vide cooking because it doesn't char. It doesn't, you know, burn. You know what I'm trying to say? Oh, absolutely. So you do have to finish it um, on in a in a what uh, a cast iron pan or something where you're getting the heat up. Now you can do that before. Also, I've done it before, like I've I've seared it in butter and with garlic before I put it in the plastic bag and then I sous vide cooked it. But it turns out better if you do that at the end. I I agree, and the you know the French have a word for everything. Mm-hmm. What you're talking about is called the Maillard effect the Maillard effect yeah it's spelt a little weird it's m-a-i-l-l-a-r-d Maillard Maillard well the the l's are silent okay (laughs) but um yes you're absolutely correct that is the Maillard effect where we're gonna finish off the the meat's already cooked it's already you're starting off at 140 degrees uh we just want to be able to get a nice crust in there okay consider this also Olive oil probably has a smoking point of about 190 degrees, right. okay? Peanut oil doesn't smoke until you get into three, into the 300 degrees. Right. Butter starts smoking at 140. Right. Butter burns at a lower temperature. Right. Butter would give you a better crust. Right. Use butter. Butter is better. Yeah. That's right. Right. Hey, before we move off of sous vide, mm-hmm. and I know we've been talking about roast this morning, but I've I've done carrots, I've mm. done broccoli. Think about carrots. We're boiling them, right? Okay, or roasting them. But when you boil carrots, throw you throw away the water. There goes half the flavor. Yeah, and all the nutrients. You can put carrots in a sous vide bag and do it just like we have described, and they are flavorful. Like you wouldn't believe. Yeah, I like to do that with herbs. You know, put herbs in there and then got herb-flavored potatoes. Do you put them in the same bag as the meat or a different bag? Separate bag altogether. So avoid cross-contamination. And and are you uh, sous vide? How long would you uh, sous vide a uh, uh, carrot? You got a bag of carrots. You know, probably, uh, you know, of course, I will say that all the sous vide machines come with great cookbooks yes okay and a lot of it is experimentation right but um you know i don't want them mushy i, I want them firm but uh, al dente al dente yeah. yeah i would say probably uh again at at what temperature you know at a higher temperature not so much time lower temperature longer time so you got to find that nexus in between but probably uh 20 to 30 minutes with carrots which is probably one of the hardest root vegetables out there broccoli not as long Okay, so you talked about vegetables in the sous vide. What else? Can you cook eggs in there and fish? Um, 
you can we were in Italy years ago and they said well we have breakfast available and what breakfast was was a giant sous vide container you drop your egg in there when you felt like it and come back in 30 minutes and it would be a hard-boiled egg or soft-boiled egg so you can do soft-boiled eggs in sous vide Wow that's amazing. Well, we're going to switch off the topic of sous vide. And if you have any questions about sous vide cooking or any other method or any comments about our show or questions, you can go to foodchat.us, www.foodchat.us. And there's a way at the bottom of the webpage to send us a message. You can contact us, ask any questions, and we'll bring them up uh, in future shows, or we'll just answer you on the email. Chef, let's talk about another cool way to cook during the winter. Instapot. Instapots are hot. I think everybody should have an Instapot. They're not expensive. One thing I love about Instapot cooking is, you know, Christy or I come home from a long day. We forgot to thaw out some meat or anything for dinner. We either got frozen pizza or yuck. So uh, we're going to just throw frozen meat in that Instapot. And an hour later, it's great. It, it worked from frozen. You, know, you can't do that with a crock pot. What, what do you like about Instapot cooking? Well, I'll tell you, I had to get over the stigma of uh, pressure cookers, mm-hmm. okay? My mother had one. My, I have my, grand, my mother-in-law's pressure cooker, okay? And, oh, the thing will blow up. It'll kill you, you know, just... And I'm sure that growing up, you had the same environment. <laughs> That's right. It's the same stuff. My hey, mom told me, stay away from don't, that. Don't touch it's that. It's a living bomb, yeah. Don't touch that valve. <laughs> That's right. So, uh, so in any event, I really, when my first Instapot, I was scared. I was, you know, I approached it with trepidation. But um, I want to say that my first uh, opportunity, I think, was cooking, a, a, I think, a chuck roast or some tough piece of beef. Right. And I've got the smaller one. It's only the three-quart size. I didn't want to get the six-quart size and then really be upset. So I got the smaller one. But you're absolutely right. Um, You set this thing up properly, and once it gets to the proper temperature, you're ready to go. Hey, let me just uh, switch gears a little bit here. Um, So for this dinner I made on Sunday night, I figured I'm going to do deviled eggs. My wife looks at me like, nobody eats deviled eggs anymore. I said, well, the grandkids will. So I loaded up my Instapot with two dozen eggs, okay? I had to put a cup of water in the bottom because we need steam, okay? And I'm reading the directions in the book, Instapot. I said, okay, put all the eggs in there. Stack them on top of one another. Put the lid on there and set the timer for four minutes. Four minutes? What are you kidding me? Normally, I gotta let them boil. I gotta bring them to a boil, and then I gotta let them simmer for twenty to twenty-two minutes. Right. Four minutes. So I set everything up. I hit the button. I'm kind of curious. This isn't the first time I use the pot. The, I've I've become experienced, mm-hmm. but I'm just kind of watching this, and I have it set for four minutes. It beeps off. I wait another five to let the pressure dissipate. I get in there and I have 24 eggs exactly cooked the same way. Wow. The most amazing thing. We made bacon, lettuce, and tomato deviled eggs. Yum. Unbelievable. But there's, there's that Instapot going to work. Um, you know, we've been talking about tougher cuts of meat. You know, the chuck is one of those cuts. And, you know, we find it. Hey, that's one of the most economical cuts I'm seeing in the stores. Oh, yeah, for you sure. Know? 
So as long as we know that it's a tougher cut of meat, boy, that Instapot, it really breaks it down tremendously. We were talking about sous vide breaking down the collagens of the, uh, of the muscles of the mm-hmm. meat. Under pressure, that happens a lot faster. It happens in an hour. Yeah. Or less. And so then if you really um, uh, want to go ahead and follow all the instructions in that cookbook, you would add carrots, onion, celery, and what you do is probably add a little red wine in there and just let that go, all right? Yeah. Well, what will happen is when the, uh, every, when the timer is done, and I think mine went for probably about an hour, the meat was very tender, but then I took all of those vegetables and the white wine, and there was beef stock in there as well, and I pureed it. And then I put that back in a saucepan. I let it reduce, reduce, You pureed reduce. the vegetables? Yeah, well, I had beef stock in there as well as red wine. Yeah. Well, now, next thing you know, that's kind of like a pan gravy. I like that idea because sometimes if you cook meat and vegetables at the same time, which is a time-saving method, you can overcook the uh, vegetables. The potatoes and the carrots are a little too mushy. But if you pureed them, yeah. then it wouldn't matter. And, you know, I have that same small size um, Instapot, and I think that's perfect, even for a family of four or five. Yeah, it'll because you can put. And I love it. You come home like ah, we forgot to th- thaw anything out. I'll throw like four or five uh, portions of chicken breast in there, frozen. Add some chicken broth from a can. Right. Add some seasoning. Throw some carrots. Throw some, uh, you know, vegetables in there. Turn it on, and then you know, an hour later, forty-five minutes later, dinner's ready. Yeah. And it's great if you're single or you don't like to cook, and the cleanup couldn't be easier. You just lift out that inner. It container one pot take cookery. it to the sink, yes and then you probably got leftovers you put in the ziploc bag for the rest of the week so it's just a super easy way to cook and save a bunch of money well not only that greg it's a stainless steel pot we're using steam not dry heat there's always water wine or chicken stock available right so as a result cleanup is just pour it out rinse it out i think the only mistake people could make would be not adding enough moisture i agree i agree but cleanup for me has been perfect every single time and it has never blown up on you right no kitchen is still (laughs) (laughs) no we haven't had any explosions in my kitchen yeah i think they're great well now let's talk about some other kitchen gadgets that people might want to consider for the foodie in their life or if they're kind of like into cooking but they don't want to buy everything that's out there what what other gadgets are there i mean you're in the food service world there's like 30 of them but what would you suggest well you mentioned the the crock pot earlier that's you know the crock pot's kind of a uh a, a slow version of both the instapot and the sous vide it's the old standby. you know that really is the old standard everybody there. should have a crock pot you know, everybody should have a crock pot. Very standard in my house is we'll make a, uh, like a ground turkey chili. Well, we, and it's assembly. Two cans of this, one can of this, one can of this. Uh, saute the, the turkey on the side, add this, put the lid on it. Come back at lunchtime, it'll be ready to go. You know, my favorite thing to do with my crock pot, Chef, is uh, we did a show earlier this year on Colorado dry beans. And Colorado is a big grower of pinto beans. I take a one-pound bag of dry pinto beans. I just rinse them off. And uh-huh. I, don't, I don't soak them the day before. I just rinse them off, throw them in the crock pot, add about three or four inches of water to cover the beans because the beans are going to absorb that water. I add a can, a small can of diced hatched green chilies, salt and pepper, turn it on, for at least five hours, but usually do this in the morning before I go to work. Sure. I come home, I've got a delicious bean 
entree or side for the rest of the week. It's delicious with rice, with meat. Anyway, that's my favorite thing to do with the Crock-Pot. What else besides Crock-Pots? <coughs> you know, where I teach at Metropolitan State University of Denver, we have a lot of Asian and uh, Hispanic students. Right. Well, they've all introduced me to rice cookers. Oh, yeah. You know, which is tremendous. But, you know, I'm looking at the... And lately, I'm, I'm playing around at home making, like, stir-fried rice or pork-fried rice, that kind of stuff. Love it. Well, the Instapot is perfect for that. Yeah. And I'm, I'm kind of reading the directions the other day, and it takes, uh, again, uh, uh, two cups of rice and two cups of water. I'm thinking, that's a lot of rice. But I'll probably eat it anyway. That's a lot of rice. But it's uh, if we set it up properly, it's done in ten minutes. Yeah, you, know, you can we, use your Instapot to cook rice, right? Absolutely. But I have both. I have an Instapot and a rice cooker, and I, I think a rice cooker is an awesome because you you can't cook rice the same way uh, with consistency on the stovetop. I mean, you can, but sometimes it's too lumpy and doesn't turn out as good as yeah. a, as a rice cooker. Well, it's kind of funny because a lot of times uh, at school we're in a competitive nature. And I just say that, well, you know, white guys can't cook rice like Asians and Hispanics. They are, it's perfect every time. It's the tools. They and have the I'm, right tools. Uh, to me, I, I make it gummy, and they, they, uh, they love teaching me the proper way. Right. I love that. That's yeah. great. Um, you know, gadgets and gizmos, there's a lot of them out there. We, we can't get into a lot of them right now, but I do notice that everybody has an air fryer. Yes. You have one? No, I don't want it because I don't want it on my counter. I don't, I'm out of counter space, you know, <laughs> and I don't want to put it up and down and up and down. But I do know people that love the air fryer. so popular. Yes. Yeah. 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 And, you know, you're not, you're, there's no oil involved. You're, you're really yeah. working in a 400-degree environment. Right. That's really what it's all about. Right, right, yeah. But um, it's all, pr- again, uh, you know, I've got a family member that can uh, put the chicken on the bottom, put the potatoes in the middle, put the vegetables on the top, put everything in there, and it all comes out at the same time. You know, my favorite all-around uh, cooking device actually is outside my kitchen, in my outdoor kitchen, also known as my deck, and I have a Traeger pellet smoker out there. And I cook all kind. I cook burgers on there. I hardly use my grill anymore, my gas grill, because it turns out better the burgers, the steaks, and even if I'm just like going to smoke something for an hour or two, like a brisket, usually I'll start the brisket on that pellet smoker for an hour or two, as much time as I have. I finish it in the oven overnight because the oven has more consistent temperature, and then I'm not going in and out all night long, but um, that is my go-to I think everybody should have a pellet smoker. And really, they're not that expensive anymore. You can get one at Costco for pretty reasonable. They last 10 to 12 years. So if you'd spent 800 bucks, divide by 10, that's 80 bucks a year. That's nothing. It's less than 80. You'll spend more money at Starbucks on a monthly basis than you will on a cooking device. But as we're running out of time here, Chef, we just have like another minute left. Um, What are some other go-to kitchen gadgets? We have just a half minute left. Would you suggest people maybe have in their kitchen? You know, uh, I mentioned the rice cooker, which I think is a great one. Um, any kind of a blender is always a good thing. Right. You know, I, uh, an immersion blender, that is something where you're not going to put the liquid into a container like we would with a milkshake. An immersion blender is when we put the blade in the soup and we puree it pot. So it's kind of like a blender in reverse where we immerse the blending apparatus in anyway i use that all the time 
We're going to have to do a whole other show on all the other cool kitchen gadgets that people might want to consider yeah. to have. But, uh, hey, we're out of time. Thanks so much for uh, spending some time just talking about sous vide cooking. I love to sous vide cook. Instapot cooking, very effective way to sure. cook. Sure. And, you know, maybe at another show, I'll bring all those gadgets in so that our listeners can see them. Yeah, that would be awesome. Yeah. We could do a video. We could do a video. <laughs> Well, hey, today's show is brought to you by Ranch Fresh Meats. Ranch Fresh Meats finds the best quality local meat products in the marketplace, most of which are sourced from family farms and USDA plants that they know personally. And you can find a great selection of gift boxes there, some great roasts, some great things to try in your sous vide cooker. So ranchfreshmeats.com. Hey, Chef, thanks so much for joining us today. It was a lot of fun. Terrific, Greg. We'll see you next time. See you next time. Here's to the farmer, the plants, the fields, and the spring The turn from green to that harvest, honey Hold one up for the banker downtown They got him on his feet with handshake of money Here's to the farmer's wife That loves him every night Raising a son, raising a daughter Gather round the table, send it up to the Father Somehow they get closer when times get harder Here's to the farmer The views and opinions expressed on KLZ 560 are those of the speaker and do not necessarily reflect those of Crawford Broadcasting, the station, management, employees, associates, or advertisers. KLZ 560 is a Crawford Broadcasting God and Country station.